Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Dear God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for every single person who's here, God. Thank you for every single opportunity we get to share time together. God, not only with each other, but to come together and worship you. God, we're so thankful that we get to be a part of your body, that we get to be here together. God, this was your heart. Your heart was always that your children would come together in unity and spend time together worshiping you. So Jesus, today, we just say, speak to our hearts and minds. Open our hearts up, God. Let it not be my words, but let it be your words. Speak to us. Transform our thoughts. More of you and less of us today, Jesus. We ask that you would be with us, watch over us, protect us. Be with each and every person here. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, so last week, if you missed last week, you definitely want to go back and listen to it. I believe that it was a, it was a timely word for all of us, and today is going to build off of it. So if some of the stuff I say today, you go, man, like what is, go back and listen to last week's message. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. Hey, stay with me. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. You can say it one more time. Yeah, that was good. Timing is everything. That's good. That's good. We're, we're getting good at it. Um, it's taken us a year and a half. For those of you who maybe it's your first time with us, we launched this church a year and a half ago, and now we're all saying the same stuff at the same time. So it's pretty amazing. Um, hey, timing is everything. Oftentimes, last week we were talking about God doesn't just have a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. And if we try and stick to or understand or just figure out the plan that God has for our life, we'll miss the fact that he created us for a purpose. And everywhere we go, we're doing the plan because it's who we are. We are the plan. But there's a thing in between planning and purpose that I think helps us understand the heart of God more. And it's, it's timing. It's timing. Timing is everything. How many of you know God's timing is different than our timing? My timing thinks this way. The garden happened, Adam and Eve sinned, that's Genesis 2, Genesis 3, they're put out of the garden. In my timing, Jesus comes in Genesis 4, dies on the cross, everybody's saved, everything goes good from then on. Like that seems like if I'm writing the book, that's my timing. As soon as everything goes bad, we fix it, and then everybody's happy. But that's not God's timing, because Genesis 4 is, is Noah, and God destroys everything. <laughs> So we need to understand more of what is God's timing. Because when we understand God's timing, the more we understand God's timing, the more we understand our purpose. The more we understand what we're called to do, when we're called to do it. Timing is everything. You ever dream of being born in a different time? I think of that sometimes. If I could pick any other time to live in, like what time would it be? I, like, I would love to be a pioneer. I think being a pioneer and settling America would be super cool. Like, I just think that would be amazing. I would love to be the first person to discover California or Montana or one of these beautiful places that can you imagine being the first person to walk over the mountain and be like, this looks like a good spot. Like, I think we found a great spot to do a world at, a whole new country. Like, there's a lot of great times. I think about being born in the 50s, being like a gangster. You know what I mean? Like, just these old, old school gangster times. Like, I'm sure they make it look a lot cooler than it actually was. But I always think, what would it be like to be born in a different time? Have you ever wondered maybe if God put you here at this time for a certain reason? I have that thought a lot. As a kid, I think God knew I was going to be a preacher because my mind, I would lay in bed at night and my mind would run. I, I, maybe, maybe you're like me. I would lay in bed and think of eternity 
eternity is like a long time. Like, I remember not going to sleep at night, being troubled over the idea of forever. Like, forever? That's like a long time. And as a kid, you know, they're like, you're going to worship Jesus in heaven forever. I'm like, that sounds fun for a little bit, but like, then what else am I going to (laughs) do? Timing is everything, and God's timing looks very different than our timing. God's time is kind of like the DMV's time, if you've ever been to the DMV, which is a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. I spent 10 hours between me and Alex at the DMV this week, which if any of you work at the DMV or have any pool, we got to get better. I don't know. We got to do something different. We got to figure out a new way. I don't know, because it was a long time in the DMV. God's time is different than our time, but God knows the perfect time. Acts 17, 26. From one man, Adam, he made every man and woman and every race of humanity, and he spread us over all the earth. He set the boundaries of people and nations, determining their appointed times in history. Determining your appointed time in history. This means that Jesus not only created you with a purpose, but he put you here at this exact time for a reason. There's something you are supposed to do on this earth in this time. He knew, 1986, I'm going to create the tallest Mexican anyone's ever seen. I'm going to put him in a Cajun. He's going to be born in Texas, but moved to South Louis. God knew exactly my journey. God knew, and those of you that go, you're a Cajun. There's no way you're a Cajun wearing jeans that tight. I know, but it's my plot in life. Um, we, We are put here for this exact time for a reason. So it's not just that God has a purpose for you and that he sent you into a random time to fulfill your purpose. God goes, no, not only do you have a purpose, but you have a place in this thing called history. And I've created you to do something, not just do something, but do something right now. Do something at this time. Do something in your allotted time. He sets the boundaries of people and nations determining their appointed times in history. He created you to do something now. If you would have been born 30 years later, you wouldn't have done what you're going to do in this lifetime. If you would have been born 30 years earlier, you wouldn't have done what you're going to do in this lifetime. I was reading an article, a, a guy, Dinesh D'Souza wrote a book called What's So Awesome About God? And, and he, he gives so many different facts in there, but one of the ones I thought was amazing because as a theologian, that's, I, I, that's my mind, I think theologically. So I think, God, why didn't you send Jesus in Genesis 3? That, that would make sense. And he talked about why Jesus had to come when Jesus did. Jesus came right at a time where where travel had been made more accessible. Now you could reach the entire earth. So the gospel could travel the entire culture, the entire world, not just their country. I love when he said, when you look at the people who have been born on the earth, 105 billion people have lived. Jesus, in the timeline, when Jesus came, only 2% of people who ever lived had been on the earth. So a lot of times we think, what about people that came before Jesus? What about... Only 2% of people lived before Jesus came. I think that's a pretty good time that 98% of us have an opportunity to encounter Jesus. God's timing is perfect, and he knows exactly what he's doing in that time. I have a buddy who used to um, play for the Dallas Cowboys, and he was a receiver. And he would talk to me about how important timing is on these routes. Timing is everything in football. Timing is, because when you're a wide receiver, you're not going. I think when we play backyard football, we think of football like we think football. So that's like, hey, I'm going to run this way, and then when you see me open, you throw the ball to me, okay? It's different in the NFL, obviously, because none of us are in the NFL. Um, I was close. I was close to the NFL. I was a second away from being in the NFL, if you guys didn't know it. I ran a 5-6. If I would have run a 4-6, maybe I would have been in the NFL. All the guys got that. The girls were like, what does that mean? Um, so you, it, everything is timing. 
So if you're a wide receiver in the NFL, you don't run to a place and then they throw you the ball. You run to the place and the ball's there. So the quarterback knows I'm throwing the ball right here. It doesn't matter if I see him or not because he's going to be there at the same time that the ball is going to get there. Timing is everything. The funny thing about it is those wide receivers run the same routes all the time, and sometimes they show up and the ball's not there. Sometimes they show up, the ball's there, they score a touchdown, and everyone thinks they're amazing. Timing is everything. God knew the exact time that he was going to put you here. And misunderstanding God's time will cause us to question everything. You ever show up at the right place, but at the wrong time? I was at the right place. Must have been the wrong time. You guys know that song? Maybe that's a New Orleans thing. It's like a K. Dr. John? No, he died. God, he just died. He was like a New Orleans legend, and he did blues, and he had that song. No? All right, whatever. I've been singing it all morning. <laughs> Misunderstanding God's time will cause you to be maybe at the right place at the wrong time. You ever show up for a date at the wrong time? Maybe the wrong place? Maybe all of a sudden you think, you start quite, they don't love me, they don't like me, they leave me hanging, this is what it looks like to get cut loose with no advantage, and then all of a sudden they call you like, I've been waiting at the restaurant for like 15 minutes, where are you? You, you at the wrong place. <laughs> you were at the right time, you were at the wrong place. If we don't understand God's time, we'll get frustrated with God. Because we'll think, God, I keep showing up. I keep doing what you created me to do. I keep trying to figure out what it is I'm here for. But I show up and nothing happens. And I think it's because we don't understand yet God's timing. But I'm going to give you three ways to get in sync with God's timing. I'm going to give you three thoughts about our timing and God's timing. If you're taking notes, number one, the more time I spend with God, the better my timing becomes. The more time I spend with God, the better my timing becomes becomes. We're in 21 days of prayer right now, and so we're up every morning at 6 a.m. praying for an hour, and I get on Facebook and Instagram Live for those of you that haven't jumped in with us, and you can tune in, and I give a little 10-minute prayer focus, and then we go and you pray for another 45 minutes by yourself, and I believe that the more we do this, the closer we're going to get to God, first of all, but I believe we're going to begin to see God do amazing things in our church. But spending time with God well, better my timing. The more time I spend with God, the better my timing becomes. Let me explain that. I get up and pray in the morning. There are times that God puts, literally, I think it's weird because I say it to some of y'all when you walk in. I go, I went to sleep thinking about you last night. I said that to someone last week and they looked at me weird. I'm like, not in a weird way. It was just, I was praying and you were on my heart and I was thinking about you. And they're like, sure, creep. Like, this is weird. I get up and I pray. And what happens is sometimes when I pray, God brings people to my heart. Have you ever wondered what does it look like to hear from God? Have you ever maybe asked yourself, people say, God spoke this to me, or I really feel like God wants me to do this, and maybe you, like me, are like, is that an excuse that people use because you can't challenge them? Because when somebody says God told them to do it, you're like, well, I don't know, what do you want me to say? Like, God told me to go to another church. I'm like, well, I'm not going to argue with him. I guess you should go. I don't know. Like, <laughs> if God told you, who am I? <laughs> but there are times where God will speak to us, and here's what it looks like for me. Maybe this will help you. I'll be praying. And one of you or somebody will pop up in my head out of nowhere. It could be nowhere. And I've learned now after doing it long enough that if I'm praying and I'm praying for y'all and I'm praying for what God's going to do at Valley Rise and one of you pops into my mind, it means God wants to some, speak something to you or he wants me to pray for you. And I cannot tell you the times where I've texted y'all and it's happened to some of you and gone, hey, I'm just praying for you today. You're on my heart this morning. And I'll get, every time we'll get text back, you have no idea how timely this is. I'm about to go into a big interview. One of my kids is sick. This just happened. I'm, I'm walking out of this meeting. You have no idea how God this is. 
Well, no, I do because it's God's time. It's not my time. And the more time I spend with God, the better my timing becomes. I walk in someplace and God speaks to me because I've spent time with him and now I'm close with him and now we're communicating. And he goes, hey, that, you need to go encourage that person. I can't tell you how many times this happened. And I walk over and I love you, praying for you. You're awesome. You're the best. And they just start crying. I've had the worst week ever. I was just, just a bit horrible. Everything went wrong. I couldn't even tie my shoes this morning. I'm wearing two different shoes. And you're just like, oh, wow. Those are two different shoes. <laughs> it's God. And the more time I spend with God, the better my timing becomes. One of y'all, some of y'all have met one of my little friends. Little, I call him little because he is little, but he's a grown man. That's kind of, that's kind of, <laughs> yeah, I feel bad that I said that, but he's, he's really short and his name's, his name's Didios. We were in the Air Force together. He was my roommate. Some of y'all met him. He comes down a lot. Me and Didios were in a training one time and we're in this training where you're playing paintball, okay, and you're, you're doing all these strategic moves. I was in the military. So, we go, and it's me and him, and there is, like, imagine there's, like, trees right here and trees on that side, so you can't see the bunker that's right here. And so me and him are talking, we're coming up with a plan, because we're warfare geniuses, okay? And so I go, hey, listen, here's what we're going to do. I think there's only, like, one or two guys out there, so I'm going to go out. When I go out, you come around the back, and you ambush them. It'll be perfect. They think they got me, but you'll get them. It'll be great. Okay, but we got to go at the same time or else it's gonna be bad. So, okay, great, cool, cool, cool. Timing is everything, okay? So I say to him what I think makes sense that we're gonna go like at this certain time. <clears throat> it did not make sense to him. Let me just go ahead and give you foreshadow. It did not make sense to him. Uh, so I come around the corner and instead of there being two guys in this bunker, there's like 15 guys in this bunker. Apparently their plan was just wait until everybody runs to the bunker and we're just going to shoot them then. And so I turn the corner and I get lit up like a Christmas tree, okay? Like, like, a, like a River Oaks Christmas tree, not a normal Christmas tree, like something grandiose. Just I turn the corner and I get hit like a hundred times. Now I'm getting hit, but I'm thinking it's okay because the joke's on you because in just a second, my guy's going to come out the back. He's going to wipe out everyone and then we're going to win. And I just stood there getting shot until I decided he, we must have had the wrong time because he was not coming out. <laughs> so I walk out and then we have a conversation because he's still hiding. And I'm like, why? What happened? He's like, I thought you said a different time. I'm like, a different time? I was out there getting shot. What, you didn't think that was a good time? Like, at what point when you saw me getting massacred, did you think maybe this was the time he was talking about? We had known each other then about three months. We've been together 10 years now. Now I can give him a look, and he knows what I'm thinking. Now when we do stuff together, we're on the same way. Alex always says, you and him are like the same brain. You'll just know what each other's thinking. You know exactly, you have a friend like that, that you just know what they're thinking. How do you know the more time you spend with God, the more that's how you and God's timing becomes? What maybe once was off, you missed it. Felt like God left you hanging sometimes. Felt like you, maybe, you, maybe you went into a situation that you thought was God, and you got there, and it wasn't God, and you felt like God left you hanging. But maybe you were at the right place at the wrong time. Timing is everything. And the more I learn how to hear his voice, the better my timing becomes. I think Jesus understood this principle. Jesus, who could have done anything he wanted to, says, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only go where the Father tells me to go. So if Jesus had that idea of I only do what the Father tells me to do and I only go where he tells me to go, how many of you know we probably need to have that same modus operation or whatever that word is, modus operatum? What is that? I was trying to be fancy and then I realized halfway through I didn't know the end of the last word. So 
We need to act the same way, which is, God, I want to be so close to you that when you want to do something, you can speak to my heart and I will do it. I'm with people all the time that go, I'm going to go do this because I feel like God wants me to do this. And I go, okay, but wait, did God tell you to do it? Or do you feel like maybe God wanted you to do it and you're not really sure? Because that's a big difference between you winning and you losing. (laughs) That's you getting left hanging or you looking like the hero because God's timing is perfect. So we need to be under the thought of, I only do what God tells me to do. When I walk in a room, if God says to me, hey, you need to go pray for that person, something's wrong with them. Guess what? It doesn't matter if they look like something's wrong with them. It doesn't matter if I know their story. It doesn't even matter if I know them. I'm going to roll up and go, hey, I know this sounds crazy. I feel, like, I feel like God told me to come pray for you and encourage you and just tell you that you're awesome. And, and 10 out of 10 times, it is always exactly what God planned because it was God's idea. It wasn't my idea. But the more we spend time with God, the more his ideas become our ideas. The more his desires become our desires. And the better our timing with God becomes. Number two, the more I understand my time, the more I understand my purpose. The more I understand my time, the more I understand my purpose. I don't know if anyone's told you this, but let me be the first. This is your time. This is your time. Your allotted time that God entrusted you with is now. It's now. God knew your 70, 80, 90, 150, 30, whatever you get, God knew that time was going to be right now. The time's not tomorrow. The time's not in 10 years. The time's not in 40 years. You didn't miss the time. You weren't born at the wrong time. The time is now. And God has a purpose for you to fulfill now. I love the story of Esther. How many know the story of Esther? Great Bible story. Esther is a Jewish girl. She gets noticed by the king. The king chooses her to be his wife. She comes in. Another man in the, I'm, 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 I'm giving you the summary of all this, okay? Another man who works for the king, one of his advisors, comes to the king and says, we need to kill off all the Jews. By the way, this is a reoccurring thing for the Jews, if you, if you know that. Everybody's tried to kill the Jews their whole existence. Most theologians say the greatest proof for the existence of God is the Jewish people because people keep trying to kill them off and God keeps protecting them and saving them. So they come and say, let's kill all the Jews. When they do this, um, Mordecai, who is Esther's uncle, hears they're going to kill all the Jews. So he sends a message to Esther, who's the queen, and here's what he says to Esther. Okay, now Esther is just, let me give you, you can put this up, Esther 4. Esther has just written a letter back to Mordecai and said, I can only come into the king's court when he calls me. If I come into the king's court and he hasn't called for me, he'll kill me immediately. That's how this thing works. And he hadn't called me in a month. I haven't even seen my husband in a month. So if I roll in there and he's not happy to see me, he's in a bad mood, I came in on the wrong day, I can die. And here is what Mordecai says back to Esther. When Hathak had told Mordecai what Esther had said, Mordecai sent her this message. Don't think that just because you live in the king's house, you're the one Jew who will get out of this alive. If you persist in staying silent at a time like this, help and deliverance will arrive for the Jews from someplace else. But you and your family will be wiped out. Who knows? Maybe you were made queen for just such a time as this. Maybe you were made queen. Esther, maybe your whole life was leading up to this point, and you were made queen for such a time as this. Esther goes on to go in and speak to the king, and the king cancels the the order to kill the Jews, and then he kills the guy who came up with the idea. So that's a win. Um, 
But how many of you know you were born for such a time as this? Just like God had a purpose for Esther, God has a purpose for you. And I love the story of Esther because Esther's purpose came through Esther being Esther. Esther's purpose, did, Esther didn't go to beauty pageant school to fulfill her purpose. Esther, Esther wasn't taking classes at the local community college and the king was like, I need a learned woman. And she was, she was very learned. And so Esther was just being Esther. Like we talked about last week, your purpose is in you. It's what you do. It's who you are. It's what comes natural to you. It's how God created you. Esther was being Esther. Esther was beautiful. Esther was kind. Esther was just being Esther and God moved her into the place that he needed her for her to fulfill her purpose. For such a time is this. Listen, you are here for such a time is this. The time is now. God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for what you're going to do in your life. He wants to use you. And the more you get close to Jesus and the better your timing syncs up with Jesus, the more you begin to walk in the purpose that he has for you because now you're at the right place at the right time. And there's a big difference between being at the right place at the right time and being at the right place at the wrong time. The more time we spend with Jesus, the better my time becomes. The more I understand my time, the more I understand my purpose. I want you to know you are here at this time for a reason. You're here at this place in history for a reason. Think about that. God looked across all of time period and saw fit to put you in this time here now. And if God was that intentional to send you to this time now, then how many of you know he probably has something he wants you to do while you're here? God wouldn't just send you here for this time, pick out a purpose for you, pick out a time for you in history and then go, well, they're just, they're filler. We got everybody else, but we needed some filler people. And so these are filler people. Just go ahead and erode the earth quicker with all these filler people. I mean, Jesus doesn't operate that way. He goes, hey, there is a very real struggle for heaven and hell going on. And I'm going to send people to earth with a purpose inside of them. And the purpose is that they are the plan. The purpose is to bring as many people to Jesus as possible. The purpose is to grow as much as I possibly can in Jesus. And then turn around and love Jesus the way he called me to love people. Love people the way Jesus called me to love people. Well, you have a purpose and the time is now. The time is now. There's something inside of you that God wants to spring out. There's something inside of you that you're supposed to be doing. You are the plan. People always ask me, Christian, I had a conversation with a guy the other day. He goes, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of big churches. You know, that's why I love your church, a big church. And I said, first of all, being small as a church is a culture. It's not a number. You can have five people in your church and it'd be too big if you don't know anybody and you're not connecting with anybody. So that's a cultural thing. That's not a numbers thing. But then I said this, as long as heaven and hell are realities, we have to grow as a church. We have to. We don't have a choice. Because in going, we're not going to grow, we're going to stay small, means I'm going to let people go to hell that I could have saved from hell. I'm going to let people walk down a road that I have every ability and capability to stop from going down that road. Because I like this. I just like being comfortable. God has a time for you and the time for you to reach people and the time for you to expand heaven and the time for you to encourage people is now. Say the time is now. The time is now. Number three, as I close, man, well, you can come up. I need a sip of water. Voice a little parched. God, it's hot outside. Serious heat trying to kill me. Number three, 
God has entrusted you with this time. God has entrusted you with this time. What does that mean? It means not only did God create you with a purpose, he fashioned you and formed you with a purpose inside of you. It's who you are, it's what you do. Then he looked across all of eternity and he said, you know what? I'm going to put them here. I'm going to put them in 2019. I'm going to put them in Tomball, Texas. I'm going to put them in Hofius Intermediate School because I have a purpose for them. There's something I need them to do. There's something that I need out of them. Timing is everything, and God has entrusted us with this time. You know, one day we're going to get to heaven, and you will stand before God, and God will ask you, what did you do with the allotted time that I entrusted you with? How did you shape the earth? How did you change your family? How did you change your community? How did you change your school? God has entrusted you with this time. Let me make it even simpler for you. God has entrusted you with the family that you have. God has entrusted you with the job that you work at. God has entrusted you with the children that you're raising. The baseball team you play baseball with. The daycare you work at. The friend circle that you're in. God chose you and entrusted you in this moment, in this time, in every single area of your life. How many of you know if God was that intentional with where he put you, when he created you, how he created you, then it probably means that we have something that we're supposed to be doing. We are the plan. We ended last week with me telling you, we are the plan. We are the plan. God doesn't have a plan for your life. We are the plan. He created you to do what you do. And as you do it, you are the plan. And the plan is reach as many people as we can for Jesus. The plan is tell as many people as we can, hey, I don't know what you've heard about religion or about God or about an establishment, but I want to tell you about Jesus, a person who loves you and cares for you and made you just the way you are and isn't angry with you and and wants you to thrive and wants to give you an awesome life and wants to transform things inside of you. Our job is to tell as many people about that God, about that Jesus, the Jesus who wants an intimate relationship with people. Acts 20, 24, I love this. Paul had an amazing understanding of this, an amazing understanding of this time that we're entrusted with. Paul tells us, but whether I live, now listen, Paul, this is Paul in prison. This is Paul being tortured. This is Paul shipwrecked. Like Paul was not a celebrity preacher. Paul was like the worst preacher ever because everything bad kept happening to Paul. He'd preach, he'd get thrown in jail. He'd get out, preach again. They'd whip him and throw him in jail. He'd go and go preach somewhere else. He'd get in a shipwreck on the way there. He'd get there. They'd beat him and throw him in jail. Like, I don't know about you, but if I'm Paul, I'm going like, God, maybe our timing's off. <laughs> I keep showing up at the wrong place at the wrong time, apparently, because I just keep getting thrown in jail every time I preach. This is that Paul. And here's what Paul says. But whether I live or die is not important, for I don't esteem my life as indispensable. It's more important for me to fulfill my destiny and to finish the ministry my Lord Jesus has assigned to me, which is to faithfully preach the wonderful news of God's grace. I think that's all of our calling. I don't think it's just Paul's calling. I don't think it's just my calling because I'm a preacher. I think God has called all of us to faithfully preach the wonderful news of God's grace. Do you know why they call scripture the good news? Have you ever heard somebody say that? Let me tell you about the good news which they normally proceed then to tell you how bad it is to not be a Christian. Like, let me tell you about the good news. You're going to go to hell. Wow. It's called the good news because it's good news. 
Somewhere along the line, we missed that and we lost it and Christianity got a branding problem. It's good news because it's good. It's because someone died to pay your sin bill. It's because he died to give you a life of freedom and new life. He died not so that you would be under bondage, but that's so you could walk in freedom. I don't know about you, but that's good news. God has called each and every one of us to live that out and express the good news and who we are and where we work and the family that we raise and who we take care of and the customers that we see and the people that we're around. God has called us to carry out the mission of proclaiming the good news of Jesus. 21 days of prayer, something we're starting today that I love. How many of you, where's, where'd it go? I had another one, hold on. Oh, it's over there, but I got this one. How many like a good lifesaver? Good lifesaver. Love a good lifesaver. Got to have a lot of these on deck. You know what I mean? Good lifesaver. Good candy. My favorite candy is uh, mini Reese's. You guys like the mini Reese's? Oh my gosh. I could eat like seven bags of those things. And the chewy sweet tarts. Sorry, that was a tangent. Lifesavers. I love these lifesavers. When I was at Highlands, we did this. And and what we would do is we would take a lifesaver during 21 days of prayer. And there's people that I'm praying for, 21 days of prayer, always to get saved. That I'm, I'm believing that God's going to do something in their life. I'm believing that God's going to open a door. I'm believing that a relationship is going to share Jesus with them. I'm believing they're going to walk in the doors of Valley Rise. I'm believing that God's going to reach them in some way, somehow. And so we take these lifesavers, and every morning when I get up and pray, we pray over this. God, I pray for so-and-so. Let them come to you, God. Remove the blinders that the enemy has put on their mind. Draw them close to you. May you put people in their paths that push them closer to you, Jesus. Maybe, maybe you have people in your life like that. Maybe it's someone close to you like it is for me. Maybe it's, it's, a, it's a family member. It's a best friend. It's, it's, a, it's a cousin that you're close with. It's somebody you work with every day. And so for me, it's not just a candy. This is, this is, this is a life of a dear family member that I'm believing for. This is salvation. This is eternity. And it's my job to stand in the gap until they come to pray that God would reach them, that someone would carry out the message of preaching the wonderful news of Jesus Christ to them. That until the day that they walk in the doors of that church and they get saved and they encounter Jesus in a real way, then you open this and you eat this lifesaver. A lot of praying on a lifesaver before you get to eat it. (laughs) Has some lifesavers been in my car for like four or five years. Lifesavers I've eaten crushed up and, and, and just powder. But you know what? It was a lifesaver I prayed over for years. Best friend that I prayed for for years. You have people in your life. And the time is now that you would stand in the gap to do exactly what Paul calls us to do, which is proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to everyone around us. And we can't say that we want to be used for a purpose. And we can't say that we understand the time we're in if we don't understand the responsibility that comes with it. Because being here on this earth at this time in the body that you are in comes with a responsibility. And the responsibility is love God with all your heart and love the world around you with all your heart. Be Jesus to the people around you. Be the smiling face at work that people want to be close to because there's a peace inside of you that they don't understand. Be the family member everyone calls for advice because you encourage them and remind them that God has a purpose and a plan for their life. That they're not here for just no reason. God has called us to stand in the gap. And the purpose is to reach people and the timing is now that we would do it. 
I hope that this creates an urgency inside of us, that we realize that God has entrusted us with this time. What am I doing with what he entrusted me with? And listen to me, I'm not saying, y'all know me, and if you don't, you will. I'm not weird. I'm not saying go to work and be like, we're time for me to witness to everybody, passing out tracks. Everybody gets a track. You guys remember tracks when I was a kid? We had tracks, and it was like a little pamphlet, and you would go to like places and like hand them out at the grocery store, and you'd be like, hey, could you just read this track? And they'd open it up, and it'd be like, you're going to hell. And then it'd be like the next one back, but you don't have to. And the next one back, a picture of Jesus on a throne with his face like blurred out or whatever with like sun. And it'd be like, because Jesus loves you. And I'd be like, this is weird. Like, <laughs> This is weird. I don't know if you guys ever had to do that, but I had to walk around gas stations and grocery stores and I'd be like, hey, you want, just read it, just read it. <laughs> like there's nothing I'm gonna say that's gonna explain away what you're about to read. Just read it. I'm sorry. I was apologizing as I was handing them out. I'm sorry, I don't even, this isn't, I know, I know. You get just whatever. Use it to roll drugs in or something. I don't even know. I'm just apologizing the whole time. I feel bad about it. That's not what I'm saying to do. I'm saying be a tangible representation of the love of Jesus to everyone in your world. Be a tangible representation of the love of Jesus to everyone in your world. You know why that brings people to Jesus? Listen to me very carefully. Because it's rare. It's rare. It's rare that people love other people with reckless abandon. It's rare that people love other people when they're having a bad day. It's rare that people go, hey, how are you doing today? I make it a point when I go to a gas station, if I'm paying, we all do it. You walk into the gas station, you get whatever you want. You don't even look at the person. You're like, here you go, hand you a change. You grab your bang energy drink and you walk out. Like everybody, we all do the same thing. I make it a point to go in there and look at the person who's giving it to me. Go, hey, how's your day going? How are you doing today? Everything good? You would be shocked just that when people are like, hey, yes, it's like, like it's okay. It's good. I'm like, is it, is it good? You want to pray? We could pray. I'm a preacher. I'll pray for you right now. They're like, really? Really? Right now. Let's do this. What is that? It's just taking opportunities to love and encourage people. Be the love of Jesus to the world around you. Why? Because it's our purpose and the time is now. It's our purpose and the time is now. It's your purpose and the time is now. There are people at work that need you. The time is now. There's people in your family that need you. The time is now. There's people that you drive to, to, to back and forth to school with, on the bus, at work. They need you, and they need you now. Because life is fleeting, and it comes and goes like that. And God has entrusted your circle to you for such a time as this. Be Jesus to the world around you. My goal is that one day we get to heaven and you've been Jesus to so many people that when you stand up there in front of Jesus and turn around, there's a line of people behind you that are going, because they witnessed to my friend, that friend got saved and, and, and they brought me to church and that person brought me to church and that person saved me from killing myself and this person. You never know the legacy in heaven you're building when you understand your purpose and your time. Your purpose and your time. Your purpose, Paul's purpose, it's all of our purpose. Declare the wonderful news of Jesus Christ to a hurting and broken world. That's your purpose. That's my purpose. And our time is right now. It's right now. Would you bow your heads with me? God, we're so thankful 
We're so thankful that we get to be a part of your purpose, God, that you saw fit, that you would send us now, not five years from now, not 10 years from now, not 10 years ago, but God, you put us here now. I pray today, God, that we would understand our time. We would understand the days we live in. We would understand the community God put us in. We would understand the school he has us in. We would understand the job he has us in. And that when we understand why we're there, that we begin to live out our purpose to its full. That we begin to reach as many people as we can. We begin to love people like only you can, Jesus. We begin to show people the grace and mercy and love of Jesus. We begin to invite them to church with us. We begin to hang out with them. We begin to encourage them when they're down. God, let us be Jesus to a hurting and broken world. Let us spend time with you so that our timing looks more like your timing, God. We want our timing to be your timing. God, let us understand the time that we're in. How desperately the world around us needs Jesus. And then God, let us realize that you've entrusted us with this time. Let us be wise stewards over the time that you've given us. Jesus, because maybe we were put on this earth for such a time as this. We love you so much, Jesus. We're so thankful that you've entrusted us to be here at this point in time. Let us honor you with everything we do. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and maybe some of you here that you're going Christian, I, I've never had that relationship with Jesus like you talked about. Maybe I've had religion or I've gone to church, but I've never encountered a life-giving relationship with Jesus. But the time for me is now. And I want to start that process today. I want to begin following Jesus today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is between you and Jesus. I just want to pray for you. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up for me so I can pray for you? Amen. 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 Anyone else? Amen. You can put your hands down. Now we're going to pray this prayer together and you can pray it under your breath. You can pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart. As long as you mean it, this is between you and Jesus. That's what we ask. Dear Lord Jesus, today I realize how deeply I need you. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe you came from heaven to earth to live a perfect life. And I believe you died on the cross, a death that I should have died to pay my sin bill so that I wouldn't have to. Then I believe that you rose from the dead, Jesus, to give me new life and freedom. Today, Jesus, I accept your payment for my sins. I choose to follow you with all of my heart. I choose to be a light to the world around me. And I choose to embrace my purpose and my time so that I may bring glory to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.